to the Reframed Podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara. Thank you for joining us. Today we continue our discussion with pastors Jason Blakey, Victoria Rowe, and Parker Davis about Hub Coffee. But first we continue our conversation with Pastor Debbie Rooney on how to talk to your kids about God, including what do you do if you don't know the answer to one of their many questions. Now, for parents who that feels a little intimidating for them, like, wow, that's a lot of responsibility. What if I make a mistake? What would you say to parents about that? We all make mistakes. I tell the kids in junior church all the time, I'm always making mistakes. (laughs) I don't do everything right. I'm not God. But God gave me a way through Jesus to make that right. And I know when I've made that mistake, I go and I say, dear God in heaven, please forgive me. These are things that I know and I shouldn't have done, but I did. But you know, you are the one who can change that in me. And you're the only one who can heal that part. And your attitude, your directions, things that you go, your kids seeing that, hey, they make mistakes too. If you never made a mistake, how would your child learn? (laughs) They can't. So we have to be able to show them we do make mistakes but let's make it right. And that's where you circle back to living authentically, right? So you're living authentically when you're making the right choices, but you're also living authentically when you're not. Exactly. That's the point because it's showing I live in this world just like you do. I have temptations. I have things that pull me away, but you know what? The most important thing is that I can go back. I know I can go back to a loving savior and he's not going to leave me. He's not going to say, no, that one was too bad. You can't do that one. That's not right. His arms are open all the time. Thank God, because look at us. <laughs> We're <definitely laughs> right. Perfect. So, yeah. One thing that you've got to love about kids is they always have questions, right? There's a million questions. For a parent who is learning every day themselves, what happens when a child comes in and they're asking questions that I don't have an answer to? Your best way to do, and I will do this with kids myself, I will say to the child, you know, if they ask this question, I'm like, wow, that took me by shock. The best thing to say is, you know, I can't give you that answer right now, but I will later. And don't forget to come back and give them that answer because they're looking for it. You know, you may think, oh, two or three days later, they've forgotten all about that. But when you come back and you say, hey, I've got an answer for you now, let's talk about it. Wow, that's opened a big door. Well, and it reminds them that, you know, you're learning too, right? You don't get to a point where you just know everything. You're always going to be learning. No, don't you wish you did? (laughs) (laughs) Never get that point of where we know everything until we get to be with the Lord himself. You've been in ministry for a while now. Is there anything that you see that you kind of think, you know, I wish parents understood this a little bit better? There are a few things. Sometimes I'll have parents come to me and I have had them come and say, you know, I just don't know what to do. My child has decided they don't want to go to church anymore. And so I'm leaving them home with so-and-so or, but they just don't want to come. And I guess my reaction to that is, who's the parent? Because if your child came to you and they were bleeding, your first thing is, oh my goodness, let's go to the doctor. And if they looked at you and said, I don't want to go to no doctor, are you going to say at that point in time, okay, sorry, they're bleeding to death, but you're going to give them their way? I mean, there's ways of doing this. Come with them. 
If they're a junior church age, come with them. We would love that. Come and sit with them, interact with them, have fun. And they're going to see you doing that. So eventually it gets to the point, you know, I think I can do this myself, mom or dad. And this is great. You know, sorry about that, but you're the parent. Take the initiative of saying, and they're under your control until they leave your house. And so you're able to say, maybe they're at a place where you don't want them to be right now. And you're thinking, well, maybe church isn't that important. It's most important of all. Stand by them, guide them with what they're going through, but don't neglect the most important thing of all. And that's God. And that's coming. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. I guess I see that more during COVID because there's so much of staying home and, and we've created that atmosphere. And we need sometimes to just move out of that a little, either that or make sure you're online, but make sure that child sits on the couch and watches with you. Don't have them over playing a video game while you're watching. You know, come over and join me. Let's watch the service together. Be surprised what might come up for questions. <laughs> that you then have to research with them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is great. That's one part. Yep, absolutely. I am joined by pastors Jason Blakey, Parker Davis, and Victoria Rowe, and we're going to talk about Hub Coffee. First of all, how did Hub Coffee begin? There have been many attempts at starting a coffee shop through Framework Church. This is the most recent one, but it goes back, I've traced it back 15 years about a group of men that met in governors and dreamt of something like this. And then even as much as six years ago, five years ago, there was people trying to get a coffee shop in our lobby. And this iteration came about, I believe it was at the table, Parker and Victoria are here, the three of us, I think maybe a couple other people were there. And we just started dreaming about how would we minister to the community not inside the walls of our church? And we started thinking about college students. We started thinking about creative ways. And this idea of a coffee shop came back up and we began to just dream, what if we could do this? And honestly, one of those things you kind of shelve into, this would be really cool, but probably won't happen. And yet the Lord was kind and it did. Why a coffee shop? What specifically about a coffee shop has been so interesting to people for the last you said 15 years. Why specifically a coffee shop? Because it's nature's nectar. I've done a lot of traveling, even just in the United States and in Eastern Canada. And one of my favorite places to go and do work by myself or to have a meeting with friends is in a coffee shop. There's just something about them. I am an avid coffee drinker myself, as are these two gentlemen. And that's one of the first things that I do when I'm traveling anywhere too. I look up online, like what are the best coffee shops? Because that's one of the things that I want to make sure that I hit up in a new city, new town. And when I moved to Presque Isle, there wasn't that like niche kind of place to go and to gather and to meet. There are fast food coffee shops here and that'll do in a pinch, but just having that creative kind of space to be able to meet with people I think is really special. And there's something really disarming about sharing a warm beverage in a comfortable atmosphere with people. And so we kind of affectionately began calling this idea, this dream that we had, Coffee Church. We didn't have language for it. So it affectionately became Coffee Church. And it was like a pipe dream. Never, ever did I think this would ever get any traction and become a thing. So it's crazy. 
crazy to see it happening. Well, and I think the other aspect that I love about coffee culture and especially like the whole niche coffee market is the fact that if you go to legitimate coffee shops, not Dunkin' Donuts or Tim Hortons that have a couple tables for you to sit down in, they are set up and designed for you to come and stay. That's the beauty of coffee culture is to sit and sip and talk. It's not designed to get you your drink in 30 seconds and then shoot you at the door for the next person. And I mean, even here in town in Presque Isle, Tim Hortons does not foster a sit-down environment. It is a fast food restaurant with some tables for you to sit at if you want to. And then our Dunkin' Donuts, it's in Walmart or it's in a gas station. And so it's like, come get your coffee and go. Whereas I think the heart behind Hub Coffee is, no, 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 no. Come take your coat off and stay a while. And I think there's something about that that as an extrovert thoroughly excites me. But also when you look at just the way our community runs in Presque Isle, we have a very strong work ethic in Aroostook County. And I think that's something that we should value because man, people here can get stuff done and it's great. But I think the dark twin of that is we're always working and we're always busy. And the beauty of Hub Coffee is almost like this counterproductive or atmosphere that's going to resist the dark twin of that beautiful work ethic that we have, where instead of always working, always being busy, it's like, nah, don't put a time limit on it. Come sit down and enjoy the company of good people. I think I remember when this was first discussed in church, there was somebody who came forward and gave a pretty solid donation to kind of make this a reality is that when you knew this was really going to tick off even before that we were sitting in a meeting and talking through various things that we could do to start bringing the church inside the wall and i remember pastor bud actually talking about this coffee church idea and i know we've been joking around with it at the office but nothing serious had ever come from it but we were talking about multi-siting and going different places and different communities with our church and bud really wanted a coffee church here in town to really start that process, to really start us getting outside the walls of the church. And that's when I realized that here it is, our lead pastor who doesn't drink coffee now has a vision for something that, I mean, I've been praying about and other people had, but obviously the Holy Spirit moves in his own time, not in ours usually, right? But one of the key things I've been praying about is, look, God, if you want this to happen, Bud's got to be the one to own it, not us. And he has. This is not something that Jason or Victoria Parker, I know we're on this call, but this is not something that we've pushed. This is something that Bud has really dreamt about and wants to see it happen. And so with that happening, I think that was a year before someone came forward with finances. That was a huge sign. But then all of a sudden, a year later, we're sitting around talking and Bud calls me and he's like, Jason, I just got this offer for a donation to start this coffee ministry. He's like, it's going to happen. This is happening. And Bud, extremely excited <laughs> that this thing we've been dreaming about is now actually moving forward. And so with this generous donation that we got to get this off the ground, that really kickstarted this whole process. But it has been a journey for a little while. So tell me, where are you in the process now? I know there's been a lot of activity going on on Main Street and Presque Isle. Where are you at in the process? We are almost on the exterior build. So if you've been watching the outside, it's looking really nice right now. 
we still have some siding left to put on. We're building in a deck. We've just started the foundation of the deck today, actually, as I'm recording this. And we are getting ready to work on the interior. So the interior right now has been delayed due to various supply issues and things like that. And once we're able to get our plumbing fully in, we should be able to drywall and, and get that going pretty good as well. So right now we're looking about, I mean, I really can't give a solid date, but I don't imagine it'll be before January that we can open our doors. It's a little bit of an outside the box thinking ministry wise. What's reaction been to Hub Coffee so far from both people in the church and people in the community? There hasn't been a lot of pushback, but there's been a little bit. And some of it's just people not knowing what we're doing or what we're about. And so they're speculating. That'd be the biggest pushback I've seen is the speculations. But in most cases, people are just excited that there's going to be a high-end coffee shop in town, a place where they can actually sit down. Because a lot of us know about it. I mean, we travel, all of us travel outside the county. And I mean, you can go down to Bangor and find some really nice coffee shops. You can go to Portland. You can go to Fredericton, New Brunswick. You can find a nice coffee shop. So they're all around. Some of it was a little misconception of what we meant. When people hear coffee shop, they think of the ma and pa, like a diner is what they're thinking. But that's not the same type of coffee shop that we're working towards in this picture. We are not thinking of a full food service and things like that. There'll be baked goods, but it is going to be high-end coffee that you sit down and talk with friends around. Have you guys heard much good, bad? Anytime that I have been out and Hub has come up, people are really excited about it. That's one thing I really like about this part of the state is really good at championing small business. And when people hear that there's going to be a new business, especially one that is fitting a need that is existing in the community, people really rally behind that. And we've seen tremendous support, like with the Hub Hustle, that blew me away. Our 3K that we had in the summer, the amount of people that came out to participate in that or to donate to that or just kind of come and ask questions was really, really energizing. And now I think the biggest thing is when are you guys going to be open? (laughs) They're ready for it. Yeah, I've heard a little bit of both, but in all reality, the negativity that I've heard is more of people not believing it's going to succeed because it's so new and it's super different to what our town has had or seen before, really. And I mean, even like the startups and attempts of coffee shops, they weren't really coffee shops and they eventually went out of business. And so that's where a lot of that perspective is coming from. But really, you know, I think there are three or four offhanded negative comments pale in comparison to the amount of support that I've seen and heard and been able to have with others for this avenue. It's most interesting when you ask Christians, especially followers of Jesus who attend a different church, not framework. And they're like, what? Your church is starting a coffee shop? How and why? I had a friend from New Brunswick, a childhood friend, and I was telling them about this venture and I'm you know, super jacked about it. And they're like, wait, is the church doing that poorly financially that they need to start a business to make some money? And uh, I was like, no, no. Not at all, but I can understand why you would say that. What will profits be used for? I mean, obviously to pay staff that works there and it does bring jobs to the community, which is also a positive, but is there anything specific for the profits that come from it or just to kind of pour back into the community? That's just it. The beauty of having a coffee shop owned by a church like Framework Church is the profits aren't actually going to be designed to go back into our coffers, as you say, for Framework Church. We're actually going to be focusing back into our what we call local outreach. So it's going to go back into the community, partnering with different organizations. The whole goal of Hub Coffee is to be part of the community and lift up the community. So even the amount of money that we're spending on residing and making this building look better 
is part of that concept. I mean, we could have opened a coffee shop in a bad looking building, but we've decided to really take this building itself and make it look better because it helps the whole town when you have a building on Main Street that actually looks like it belongs there, looks like a shop, it looks like part of the community. And so that's one of the reasons we want this to, to succeed is not because we're looking to get more money, but it's because we're looking to help out Presque Isle. And you've got stuff with all the different things happening in Presque Isle right now. There's other organizations that are focusing on the same thing. It seems like a really neat time to be part of this movement or this excitement to bring Presque Isle back up. Yeah, you guys were on a flyer that was, look at all the new businesses that are opening on Main Street, I think. And you guys were highlighted and then several others that are soon to be opening were as well. You've hired some staff for Hub so far. Dave Rowe has come up to run it. That's right. So Dave Rowe, he actually has a background in managing at McDonald's and he's taught management before in schools. And then he was a pastor for several years. So he's a really good mix of both business and ministry. He's jumped on board. Right now, I've got him as a construction worker. He's helping me get the thing built. There's some other people down there helping us out as well. We're also looking for more people to be hired. So if you're interested in working at a coffee shop, let us know. We've had several people already excited and we've talked to about it, but we're going to need some part-time workers. We're going to need some full-time workers. And so you can call the church here at 764-5187 to connect with Dave or go ahead and email hubcoffeepi at gmail.com and you can connect with Dave there. So what do you need from here? What do you still need from people to help with donations or to help with volunteering? The goal of the profits is so that we give it back to the community. We're trying to open up, not in the red, right? So right now, all the donations, because the church is funding it, all the donations are going basically towards getting this thing going. We have several different fundraisers on the docket an envelope wall that people can help donate towards. And that's coming up. There's also an art auction that many community members have donated some art pieces that we're going to auction off. And there is another run that we're doing just before the light parade. And so those are coming up and those are ways you can participate. Some of it's just having a lot of fun. The last hub hustle we did was a big blast. I think before the light parade will be another run. It's only going to be a half mile and we'll have coffee at hub coffee. We'll have other things going on really, really cool. We have a local entrepreneur who goes to our church who's volunteered to let us use his trailer, JNR Barbecue. So we're going to have a place where we can make fresh coffee. So we're going to have some of the stuff we're going to use at Hub. We're going to have hot chocolate available for anyone who doesn't like coffee. And we are rallying some of the framework youth students. They're going to help us put together little chocolate dip pretzels, some of my favorite holiday treats. So we'll have those. We just want to be available to have a presence in the community. And notoriously, the light parade night is absolutely frigid. So being able to have a hot beverage available is a win. And we want to meet people. So come 342 Main Street, the night of the light parade. And we will be serving our Hub Coffee coffee at that point? Yeah, or that's correct. So if you want a little taste test, that's a good time to get involved. That's another thing that I love, Kelly, is Hub Coffee is now this entity, like this kingdom presence that's not like necessarily shoving church down people's throats, but it's a disarming way for people to experience kingdom people and Jesus people. And now we have this ability to partner with the community in an even more intentional way, I think. So really looking forward to that. Yeah. Framework Church doesn't have to drop everything they're doing constantly to do what Hub Coffee is able to do, right? Like we're still able to do what we normally do and we're still able to serve our congregation and our community in ways 
that we already do. And then Hub Coffee can do their own thing. And it's this beautiful aspect of people coming together to do more together without just being framework church. Mm. We're still the body of Christ, but it's like we're adding an arm to the body and we're able to do something different. And the prayer is to do more for Presque Isle, for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Following that directive to go out and spread the good news into the communities. I mean, Presque Isle is a perfect place to do it. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm all for getting outside the box. And I think that's one of the things that's probably so exciting for me as it pertains to Hub Coffee becoming a reality. Not that I have a lot of stock or involvement, but it's outside the box and not everyone has done it before. And it's different. And I don't know, there's something about how fresh and how new this is that gets me super jacked up. And so my hope and my prayer is that the favor and the blessing of the Lord will be bestowed upon it. And I think it already has just with how this whole thing has come together before we bought the building, like before the donation happened, before we bought the building, even during this renovation phase, like just hearing the stories of people getting involved. Like I was roofing with a guy yesterday and he's just going on and on and on about his faith and his life with Jesus and how something like this has given him something to contribute to that's meaningful, that's purposeful, that's bigger than himself. That's just so rewarding on its own. And it's a coffee shop. You go to a city and they're everywhere on every corner, yet a church is doing it. And it's a place to not just foster community and relationships with each other, but hopefully to foster the presence of God for anyone and everyone that is involved in the relationship and experience of Hub Coffee. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting too. I'm involved in a cohort with the Wesleyan church at a general level. And we just had a session last week talking about micro churches and like different expressions, different ways to do church because the COVID-19 pandemic exacerbated a lot of underlying issues that already existed in the church as we understood church to be right. Like a physical location with a set service And there's nothing wrong with that. I think sometimes I would tend to be a little more cynical and frustrated with that. There's nothing wrong. Obviously, I work at the church. I love church. I love the structure. However, I think that the rate at which culture is changing and just where people are at, the different issues that we're dealing with, the church has constantly throughout history had to evolve to reach culture. The message does not change. That does not evolve, but the methods do, right? And so the fact that the Lord paved a way for us to open up this micro church in the middle of a global pandemic is what many would say is insane. And I also think that it's kind of insane or miraculous, right? So we don't know fully what God is going to do, what this is going to look like, but the way that he's been so present already is just a testament of his faithfulness. The fact that people are talking now within the church, like, okay, how can we be creative and innovate? (laughs) One of the expressions that was talked about in the cohort I was in was in New Jersey, this guy started a thing and they call it bourbon church. They literally meet in a bar. They found like a common interest. I know this is edgy, but a common interest where community was already happening and brought the message of Jesus into that. And they've seen amazing stories of transformation through bourbon church. And so we're expectant to see amazing transformative things happen. Life change happened through Hub Coffee and Coffee Church. I could talk about this for days. (laughs) You called it Bourbon Church, but I've seen other stories too, where people have gone in to get a beer with 
other people. And it's the same kind of concept. You guys have kind of taken it to the next level and having it be your own building, your own business. So you guys have the building itself that you can welcome people in. So even though you're going to them, they're still also coming to you. So it's kind of a... Yeah, absolutely. I've heard some people talk or like post on Facebook, like, oh, they're going to shove like tracks in our cups. That's not an effective way to share the gospel. I think that there are more relevant and intentional ways that we can do this. And for me in 2021 to have expectation that some complete stranger on the street is going to come up, like our physical church is located on the outside of town, that they would come. Church is intimidating, right? It can be. I think it's an unrealistic expectation on my part to think that somebody I just met who's never been to church before, doesn't have that worldview, would just want to come, right? So this is a more neutral ground where we can meet people where they're at and hopefully represent Jesus well. Like at the end of the day, that's what my prayer for Hub is, is that it's a place where we can introduce people to the real Jesus. And maybe appeal to a younger crowd as well. I mean, it's very near to the university and students are always looking for places they can study and places they can be. So it opens up a door, I would think, also to a younger generation who, like you said, everything is always changing. They may not be as quick to go into a church door, but a coffee shop might attract them more. Right, exactly. And that was one of our filters. Like we wanted to be located near at least one of the universities, like within walking distance. And missionally, like if you look at Presque Isle and the surrounding area, from a missional perspective, there are a lot of unreached people groups here. I think we hear unreached people groups and we automatically think the tribes in the Amazon or Papua New Guinea. Well, what about the students? Like who's reaching Umpy? Who's reaching NM? Who's reaching the migrant workers? I could go on and list probably on two hands the number of unreached people groups within our immediate context and community. One of the things I love about this idea, this starting point, I guess, is that it is a starting point. We're opening up a coffee shop that's going to have amazing coffee and that it will be a business. And so there will be people that come in just for a cup of coffee. and That's their experience to have coffee. Other people will come in and they'll sit down, they'll have fellowship there. And that's their experience to have coffee. But we'll also have times where people come in, they'll be able to talk about Jesus and they'll be able to have those moments with them. There'll be times where we actually set up a church and do church at Hub Coffee, and maybe in the off hours or something like that. There'll be small groups that go in and have discussions at Hub Coffee. We'll be able to use this whole process to be able to send money and maybe reach out to some of the homeless or some of those in need here in Presque Isle because we have the profits coming in from Hub Coffee. And so this little business idea in itself, it fulfills more than spreading the word, which is part of what Jesus did. But Jesus also told us to go out and heal and feed the hungry and to cast out demons. Now, we're not going to be having demon casting out stuff at Hub Coffee, but the idea is help people, be part of the community, meet the needs. That's what Jesus was telling people, right? And that's what Hub Coffee will also be part of. It's not just going to be a spot that Jesus is honored, which he will be, but it'll be a spot where needs are met. So you won't have like a special that's drink a coffee, lose a demon? It's not going to be one of the things you're <laughs> So Parker, you have some experience with the younger group as the youth pastor. I would imagine this would be something that would definitely appeal to them. Depends on the menu, Jason. (laughs) Depends on the menu. Now, what was it, like three, four weeks ago, we took a group of students down and there was just a little bit of demo left to do. And so I wanted to give them the opportunity to contribute to that. 
And while we were there, it gave me the opportunity to kind of share the heart behind Hub Coffee and what it's all about and why it exists. And kids seem to get really excited about that. In all honesty, I think more than anything, it'll be a place for us to gather as groups and hang out for a few hours after school and in the evening. High school kids predominantly don't drink coffee. So as long as you have sugar and milk, yeah, they'll come. And the great thing about them is they'll spend $12 on a drink. So for the business side of things, that's really good. But as far as what is beneficial for students, specifically high school students, offering a place to gather. And when it comes to university students, good coffee matters. They're going to have to keep their brain focused to do a 12-page paper that they neglected to do that's due at 3 o'clock and they come in at 1 to do it. They need to have that energy burst, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that was never my experience in college. I would never procrastinated what? So I'm just kidding. I procrastinated all the time. If the deadline was 12. I started at 10, but that's most college kids, right? So I think having a place for them to come, that's better than the library or the common workspaces on campus that offers great beverages is essential really. And then having good customer service. I think that's one of the things that as amazing as Dave is, he really is a phenomenal relational individual and the fact that he will talk to anybody and genuinely care about who they are, where they've come from, what they're doing, why they're there is critical to a place like this. And I think that he's going to offer a lot in that regard. And so I think the hope that is stirring amongst Hub Coffee, especially when you look at people 25 and younger, is even though they're kids still, there's an environment that wants them there. And not every place in our town wants kids hanging out, yet Hub Coffee does. And I think that, especially as a youth pastor, that means a lot to know that students and young adults are wanted. And in a safe environment, not out doing something that could get them into trouble. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you need donations. Do you still need volunteers for (laughs) renovation stuff? Yeah, we'll take anybody that wants to help. Most skill levels can help us still at this point. And so if you want to jump in and help, we would take that greatly. You know, there's a lot of progress happening. Some people show up, they don't know how to do pretty much anything, but (laughs) they're always willing. And we've got people there that'll teach them how to do stuff. So it's one of these projects that we're paying a few workers as well to come in and help us out. But as much as we can get, we've started using volunteers simply because we couldn't get construction workers to actually come in and do it. So if you have some time and you're able to come lend a hand, we would love it. If you've got a specialty, let me know. and We're ready for you. I'll let you know. So we're excited. It's also amazing what's been accomplished with mostly volunteers. It's crazy. The building is beautiful. And yeah, if you know how to hang drywall, email Jason. Pastor Jason at framework.church. There it is. Yep. Or hubcoffeepi at gmail.com. And that's it for another podcast. Next week, we will hear from Pastor Rick Cavanaugh as we continue our Getting to Know Your Pastors series. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us next time.